apologize. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. I have a plan. You've got a plan. I have part of a plan. It's your weekly dose of all things geeky. Class is paying 101. The instructor's Casey Jones. Movies, comic books, movies based on comic books. Excelsior! Video games, toys, TV shows. Professional wrestling. It's still real to me, damn it! <laughs> all the things you got made fun of for in high school. So grab your action figures, bag and board your comics, and roll for initiative. It's time to talk nerdy to me. Hello there. It's your favorite host in all of podcasting, Obi-John Kenobi, coming to you from a galaxy far, far away, but not long ago. With an all-new episode of Talk Nerdy 2 Electric Boogaloo. Scott's favorite title ever. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> it was a title. We are trying to come up with a better name, I promise. Uh, as soon as we come up with a better one. Uh, that isn't Dawn of the Rise of the Revenge of the uh, <laughs> Return of the Judgment Day of the Secret of the Ooze. Uh, <laughs> we'll slap a better title on. Wow. But I am Obi John Kenobi. Uh, on my right, joining me as always, the man who keeps the nerd and talk nerdy to uh, try that again. The man who keeps the nerd and talk nerdy to me. There we go. Words are hard. <laughs> it's Commander Scott. Did you know that the man who first calculated the orbit at which a satellite would stay in the same position above the Earth, otherwise known as a geostationary orbit? which is 26,199 miles from the center of the Earth, or 22,237 miles above the mean sea level at the equator, was not a scientist. It was Arthur C. Clarke, the science fiction writer. Uh, he, In a letter he penned to Wireless World magazine in 1945, and today a geostationary orbit is also called the Clarke Orbit, and there are currently more than 450 satellites which use that orbit. Yeah. I did not know that. No, that's... Oh. I, I, would, I would go as far to say most of our listeners didn't know that. So thank you, Scott. Hey, anything you, I can do. You do your job very well. <laughs> and to his right, uh, joining us from somewhere in time and space via some kind of time vehicle that may or may not be a box with a phone in it, it's the doc. Thunder, thunder, thundercats. Oh, I call dibs on Panthro. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, the doc, for uh, making sure awesome catchphrases don't fall into uh, to the unforgotten realms. How's do everyone doing? Everybody doing good tonight? It's, it's been a minute since we all been together. It's yeah. been a while. You know, some of us been on these ex- extended road trips, just driving around all over the state and stuff. You know, just all willy nilly out, enjoying the scenery and things, shirking on yeah. their nerdy responsibilities. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not naming names. I'm just no, just saying. You know, right? There's, not holding up yes. their starting contests and they're not being around to finish them. Uh, not that we're naming names. 
<laughs> well, we are the crew that is Top Nerdy to Me. And thank you for choosing us for some reason as your podcast of choice. We hope we don't let you down this week because we've got some fun topics lined up. Uh, and we're going to start with what I think is the newsiest because it just broke like yesterday. Uh, so most of what I'm about to say, take with a large grain of salt, because as of the time of this recording, Michael Keaton is in talks to return to the silver screen as Batman. I'm not making that up. That's uh, that's real. And that is all I will go out to confirm as being true. There's a lot of rumors surrounding this, but I can confirm their talks are happening. An offer has been made for Michael Keaton to come back as Batman. And we're going to unpack that a little bit. So first of all, how does everybody feel about that idea? Well, um, I, I liked him as Batman. He did a great job as Batman, but since him, we've had one, two, three, four other people be Batman. Um, Does that include Robert so Pattinson? Oh, uh, I guess five other so, yeah, people. Yeah, then. Yeah. Or um, uh, uh, crap, I can't remember the voice actor's name now because my mind, my mind is Kevin blank. Conroy. Does not count. Hey. He Kevin was, Conroy uh, is a fantastic voice actor, but Kevin Conroy has never donned a cowl. I don't care. He 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 he's been Batman forever. I love him as Batman. An actor is an actor, whether he's no. acting on screen or he's voice acting. I'm sorry, still an actor. Hey, okay. uh, so and, and that second, is totally not true. There are two entirely different no, skill sets. Sir. I'm not saying they're not different skill sets, but I'm, I'm saying don't don't diminish one just because it's not the same as the other. And and second. He has been, you know, Bruce Wayne live action. He has. So, he has never donned a cowl, is what uh, I said. And I am he, not taking away from Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy is the greatest voice of Batman to ever grace the character. Anytime I read a comic, his voice is in my head. He's However, Batman. he's Batman. A voice actor and an actor are not the same kind of thing. If you want further proof, go watch the uh, the Dark Knight Returns animated movie. When Peter Weller, fantastic actor, tries to voice act and sounds fucking terrible. They are two completely different skill sets. I'm not saying one is better than the other, but they are different. Kevin Conroy doesn't count. Kevin Conroy, Batman. I I think we just... What, Jason? (laughs) I'm I'm just going to interject here and and try to be a slight voice of reason. Mom and dad are fighting. (laughs) <laughs> okay, okay. So there have been five live action Batman. We can just leave it. There's been a slew of other people to play the characters and, since then. And yeah. then there's been at least one animated version as well. Oh, there's been that. multiple animated versions. Well, okay. There have been a metric fuck ton of people who have played Batman I'm, since 1989. Yeah. <laughs> My point is this it's it's you had Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. Was Batman for the silver screen? Yes. When most people know Batman, like if you ask anybody in our basic age range who they remember as the first Batman, they'll come up and say Michael Keaton, Adam West. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Notwithstanding others. Okay, boomer. But, okay, <laughs> but my point is that he was to us the original Batman. Now, there's been yes. a lot of other ones since then. So in one sense, you can see it as, hey, he's going to come back. And that might be cool for like 
younger generations to see him be Batman. For the rest of us, it's, oh, he's going to be Batman again. And we saw he could still do the superhero action thing when he played Vulture in Spider-Man. Um, but I just don't think he needs to come back. I think we need to distance ourselves. And this might be getting into more territory that you want to talk in later about a possible reboot or whatever, but we need to distance from Batman for a while. I think, I don't think we've been well, far enough from it yet. Put a pin in that. We're definitely going to okay. circle back to that. Um, so, and here's what changes the context for all of this is we're not talking, bringing Michael Keaton back as Batman in a Batman movie. What they're speaking about is bringing Michael Keaton back as Bruce Wayne slash Batman in the flash movie, which is long rumored to be a version or an adaptation of, the Flashpoint storyline, which brief synopsis, if you're not familiar, Flashpoint is the classic story of Barry Allen going back in time, trying to save his mom and completely fucking up history. Uh, it led to, it was, it was back in, oh God, like 2012 ish, uh, when DC wanted to reboot their entire universe and start over fresh because new readers were being intimidated by the years and years and decades of backstory. Barry Allen goes back in time, tries to save his his mother from being killed and his dad from being imprisoned by it, ends up irreparably changing the course of history and the future he returns to, obviously, because apparently he never watched Back to the Future. Um, he completely altered the timeline, and that is how DC rebooted their entire comic book universe. Um, so a version of Flashpoint has long been rumored uh, to be that's what the story for the Ezra Miller Flash movie will focus on, is that it's some kind of a adaptation of that storyline. If that's all true, if that all still stands, because the Flash has been through, I think, eight directors is what we're up to since they first announced the project like five years ago. Um, it wasn't even five years ago. It was like four years ago, whenever whenever uh, Justice League was coming out. Um this project has been in development hell for a very long time. It's been through lots of directors, directors and writers. So if that all holds true, Michael Keaton will be back, presumably, as an aged version of his Bruce Wayne from 89. In that universe, but now he's, he's you know, whatever age Michael Keaton is now. Um, so he's, he's not playing like our new young hip Batman. He's playing an appropriately aged Bruce Wayne from that universe. Uh, because what that lets you tap into is the multiverse, which again has long been rumored to be how, uh, Warner brothers is going to try to make one, uh, coherent, uh, story from the disparate the unconnected bits. Yeah. yeah that is the the dceu right now um they well, did this on on tv with the crisis on infinite earth storyline with the Arrowverse, which uh execution left a bit to be desired but the idea of uh because the Arrowverse, you had some shows like flash and arrow and legends that all connected and then you had things like supergirl and um um Black Lightning that were in their own universes, so they used that storyline to streamline everything into one coherent universe again. Um, so that's, I think, where we're going with this. And Scott, I'm sorry I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's fine. Um, 
when I when I read this, uh, I started searching through a, a multitude of different sites, you know, to to compare notes between different places reporting it to see right. what discre- discrepancies. Uh, one version uh, of the story that I read, and, and I am gonna I'm gonna say this is only one version of the story I read, so take this with an even larger grain of salt than mm-hmm. you know everything else was that uh, uh, they reported that he was in talks, not just for flashpoint, but a multi-picture deal as far as cameos, you know, being in pictures once again, only one, only one. Now that I would love to see. Okay. I would love to see him come back and, and they try to, you know, piece him or piece this thread through because I want to see him have more screen time than, than just a glorified cameo. Um, I would love. I would. I would. I would actually prefer instead of giving him a cameo. I would actually prefer if they did give him another movie. As let's just call it for you know shits and giggles, Batman Three, where he is an an, an older Bruce Wayne Batman, uh, where either you could do uh, maybe not the full Batman Beyond story, but maybe you could do you know the the the, the story that prefaced Batman beyond where he, you know, hangs right. up the cowl. Well, that's something. another. So, and, and like I said, top of the, the story is the only thing I can confirm is true is that there are negotiations going on. Yeah. What exactly they entail? Like Scott said, uh, pick a website. They're going to give you a different interpretation of what's going on. And I do, I did read the one you saw that said he was going to be playing multiple or uh, playing Batman in multiple projects. Yeah. And then there have been a slew of rumors as to what those projects are, but one that has been at the top of everyone's list. Uh, and one project that was in development at Warner brothers at one time is a full on Batman beyond movie. Um, I think something that might either, stoke the fires or put out the fires of that story is the Batman beyond story is very much exactly what we've already gotten with the current Marvel Spider-Man. It's very much the Tony Stark, Peter Parker relationship. Now DC might be trying to cash in on some of that, or they may look at it as, well, that dynamics already been done. Let's not just copy that. Uh, I don't know. Either way, like, like the doc said, Michael Keaton is my Batman flat out. Plenty of other people have come along and played that role very well and added things to it. I think Val Kimmer may have been a better playboy Bruce Wayne. Uh, I think Ben Affleck was the darkest Batman we've seen. Uh, but as, tar- as far as all-around character, Michael Keaton is always Batman to me. Michael Keaton yeah. he was, was a phenomenal Batman. Uh, those I mean, eyes do a lot <laughs> when you're in a 55-pound rubber suit and can't turn your head. Uh, and, and that is kudos to Michael Keaton. He had probably the most awkward bat suit of any actor playing the role. Uh, and he made it work. Uh, stupid head turns at all. He made it work. Um, well, I, I, I tell you, when it comes to, to Michael Keaton's 89 Batman, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think his Batman performance overshadows a lot his Bruce Wayne performance, which which doesn't get talked about nearly as much. I love watching that movie and seeing him outside the the suit he he makes the character interesting that because uh, he doesn't do the, the the billionaire playboy he's he's kind of a what aloof would that be the the correct term yeah. that we call it whatever yeah. you know he's yeah. I love that you know that that whole scene with him and Vicky Vale and Knox you know when they're looking at the armor you know 
and and he you say he's he's talking about what it's just Chinese or something like that or Japanese, and he's like, "Well, because that's where I was mm-hmm. when I bought it." <laughs> I love that line. It's no, just, the the best best scene for me for his Bruce Wayne that I really think defines his character is that his date with Vicky Vale, uh, when she says, "Do you eat here much?" and he goes. I don't think I've ever been in this room before. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. That yeah. that was his take on Bruce Wayne. Is Bruce Wayne? Bruce Wayne is 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 his his part of his psyche that feels out of his own skin. In the bad suit, that's who he is. That's yeah. who the guy is. And, and when he has to put on a suit and tie and go to work and pretend to be a normal person, that's when he feels awkward and like he's pretending to be somebody. Uh, but yeah, that's a very different take on the character. I also like that apparently during filming what uh, Homecoming, apparently, I guess during the fight scenes, uh, from what I heard, uh, Michael Keaton would uh, would whisper to uh, uh, Tom Holland, uh, I am Batman when they were when they were close together in, in, in the fight scenes. So I don't know how true uh, that is, but I hear it. There's an interview he did with somebody where they asked him about uh, I think it was right when Ben Affleck got cast and they were asking him, what do you think of that? And how do you, how do you feel about all these other people coming and playing the role or something like that? And his, his response was uh, you can YouTube it. I'm sure. Uh, no, no, I feel very secure um, in, in my role as Batman because I am Batman. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, no, yeah. you are because you're, you're fucking Michael Keaton and you forever i mean michael keaton to batman is christopher reeve to superman in my book you are the benchmark everyone will hold themselves to you are the errol flynn of robin hoods uh you are the 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 thing everyone is trying to either copy or differentiate themselves from as far as that role goes um God, how how awesome would it have been if we had ever gotten to see him and christopher reeve on on screen together i know man god that would have been awesome i know would have been a great Batman v Superman. You can check it, out a whole it, episode it Ian Flanagan did about the original <laughs> Batman v Superman script, in which Batman Michael Keaton gives a eulogy to Superman. So, I know that it was, was uh, excuse me, that's that Superman lives uh, it, by Kevin it, Smith. Yeah, sorry. It should yeah. have been. Uh, it, it well, it would have been. It wouldn't have been Batman v Superman. It would have been. Uh, was it uh, World's Finest? Is that what the the team up was called back in the day? I think world's greatest, something like that. I think it was world's, world's finest. finest. Yeah, was the comic. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, but no, there was a straight up Batman v Superman script. It was Batman versus Superman? They put the S in it. Uh, it never got made though. But uh, so that being said, if Michael Keaton is coming back, if he is going to be Batman, Scott's kind of touched on this. Is a cameo enough? Do we want to see him just as old man Bruce Wayne? Do we want to see him back in a bat suit? Do we want a whole? Michael, we can't say Batman three because the, all the original four Batman movies are in the same continuity. Uh, yeah. Or do we not care? Are we just going to do Halloween style and do a, a, a Michael Keaton Batman three? Like, what do you want to see? If Michael Keaton's going to step in and play Bruce Wayne or Batman again, what do you want to see? Well, so first of all, in my continuity, my personal head canon, mm-hmm. uh, Batman and Robin, Batman Forever are not in the same Michael Keaton continuity. I know Michael Go, whatever his name was, was Alfred. Mm-hmm. And all of them, but no, sorry, they're they're not. They're, they're just other Batman movies. Um, second of all, I'd love to see him as old man Batman. But if you did that movie with Michael Keaton and you do not put him in a bat suit at some point, you're gonna have a riot. You cannot put him back on the screen and not have him in the cowl somehow, somewhere. Uh, I don't know. I either, agree. 
Yeah, either we do the either we do like the 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 Batman Beyond pilot did, uh, not the pilot, but uh, yeah, the pilot. You know, yeah, the we, pilot. Yeah, yeah, where where we where we see the the fight that that you know Bruce calls it quits, or we do the whole cliche trope of have Terry get in trouble and you know Bruce has to suit up one last time to come save his ass type thing. E- either one of those, but you got to get him in a suit. Or eschewing Batman Beyond altogether, we could see something more akin to um Kingdom Come where yes. uh, he's 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 augmented himself with uh like a um wake up like a uh words are escaping me. It's like an armature uh, uh, exoskeleton, yeah. an exoskeleton. Uh, so even though he's kind of old and frail, he's still kicking ass, uh, still keeping an eye on things. You could because yeah. you you know the DCEU loves to go grimdark, and you don't get much more grimdark than Kingdom Come, where Batman has Gotham City as basically a police state using uh, Batman drones. You could do uh-huh. something along the because again. Flashpoint, the whole thing is Flash tries to fix something and ends up making the world a worse place. He ends up in a world where Batman is, spoilers if you haven't read this, Batman is Thomas Wayne, who put on the cowl after his son was gunned down by a criminal in an alley. And we come to find out uh, the Joker of that world is Martha Wayne, who went crazy from losing Bruce. Huh. But Thomas does wield 45s and he in, does as, as his Batman, which is awesome. Specifically the 45 that gunned down his son because metal. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no, like again, DC, the DCEU, the Snyderverse loves to go grim dark. So there's plenty, there's no shortage of super dark uh, future Batman you could play on. Um, that being said, I don't think I, I don't, I don't, I'm done. I don't want super grim dark Batman. Uh, and as as dark as Tim Burton's movies were, uh, and as gothic as, as they could be, I don't think Michael Keaton ever got that dark. He always had a bit no. of a, a, a um, not tongue in cheek, but a, there was always a, a bit of humor to the character. You know, but you got uh, you know at the end of at the end of Batman eighty nine, you get that that whole fight in the bell tower, which is just you know, adrenaline serious. He's taking out bad guys left and right. And he's just boom, 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 go, go. And then we get to Joker and he pulls back and, and we get that, you know, dance with the devil by the pale moonlight line. And we get that little exchange right mm-hmm. before the final. So it, 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 it pulls it back from, from the brink there. So even in, in the midst of the climax of the movie, he still found a, they, they still found a little bubble of, of uh, levity, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, there, there, there was, there's always a, a bit of a sense of humor to mind. Because Michael Keaton is a comedian. I mean, he's a fantastic actor, but he's also got great comedic timing. So use that. Don't force Michael Keaton to be grimdark the whole time. I don't want to see that. Yeah. I would, uh, I'd like to see, here's a throwback to another episode we did. Okay. Um, sort of like Anthony Hopkins in The Mask of Zorro, uh, training up a new Batman. You know what see, I, mean? I don't, I don't want to see a new Batman. There's plenty of new Batman. If, if you're bringing back Michael Keaton, I don't want to see Michael Keaton as Batman. I don't want to see a new Pipsqueak playing Batman. We're already getting that uh, a year from now with uh, Robert Pattinson. True. I don't want. If if you're gonna do that, if you're gonna have him be Batman and you're gonna bring in some younger people, then have somebody come in as uh, Dick Grayson, Nightwing, or Red Hood. You know, you could use this op- as an opportunity to bring in the entire bat family 
and and show how uh, how Batman through his time as Batman in this universe. Because again, if this is if the idea is he's carrying forward the Batman we saw in '89 and then in Batman Returns, and if we're skewing Batman and Robin and Batman Forever, which I think at least Forever still fits in. I think '89 Batman through Batman Forever makes a nice kind of little trilogy story arc. I'll defend Batman and Robin, but yeah, you can drop it, not miss anything. But if we're if we're keeping that, go nuts! Bring Chris O'Donnell back as Nightwing. Do it. I wouldn't. Uh, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, it's it's the role they wanted him to play and never got around. I mean, literally in Batman and Robin, he's wearing Nightwing's outfit with a cape. Yes, just just do Nightwing already. Here's this is my concern. This is my okay. one concern about that I, I michael keaton will always be my batman as well he'll be my batman forever hey uh anyway what i'm concerned about with him coming back and being batman for another movie is that they kingdom of the crystal skull it and it doesn't work because I, of the age and it I doesn't like you um, well, I see what that, you're getting. I, I, I'm with that, you. That's 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 what I'm worried about. Is I don't want that to happen because I don't want that sort of bad taste left in my mouth. I'll I'll say this: the worst part of Crystal Skull wasn't Harrison Ford; it was the god awful script. Harrison right. Ford in that first twenty minutes shows he can still throw a punch and take a hit. Oh yeah, that opening, yeah. that whole. The opening is just beautiful in that movie. It's the best part of the movie, yeah. It is. Uh, but I, I get what you're saying. You don't want him to live past his welcome. You don't want him to to try to be doing a young And again, I don't think we're going to be crafting an entire movie around. Because one website did go off the deep end and report that, nope, this movie is going to come in and retcon the whole universe. And Michael Keaton is going to be Batman now. And we're going to completely forget Robert Pattinson and, and um, uh, Ben Affleck. They never existed. I'm like, no. Wow. No, we're not. <laughs> I didn't I don't see know. that one. Yeah, I, dude, seriously, pick a website. You just fall down the rabbit hole of like crazy bat shit. Uh, people reporting this is news, but clearly you're just making this shit up. See, that's not going to happen. Now we need to do a whole discussion sometime. Not today, obviously, but on, <laughs> on bat spiracies. Oh, God. That's, <laughs> that's what we need. <sighs> yes, then we can finally nice. talk about the conspiracy that uh, uh, Bill Murray was going to be Batman. Oh wow! That's for a different show. Uh, but no, like there's, I think what we're getting, what makes sense, what seems to work for, if you look at everything, um, the DCEU's continuity is in a bit of a mess. Uh, I won't say it's a dumpster fire because there's still plenty of good things about it. I can't, I still can't wait for Wonder Woman later this year, which we'll get to in a, uh, further down the topic list. Um, Aquaman was fantastic. I enjoyed Shazam. I have high hopes for the uh, Robert Pattinson Batman movie. Uh, I, but given all those things, since Justice League, there has been no real emphasis on connecting any of this stuff. It all exists in the same world. We get little winks and nods to other characters, but nothing solid, nothing like the MCU. If the goal is to take all these bits and pieces and skew them together and somehow work in a new Batman played by Robert Pattinson into all this, flashpoints your way to go it's it's and again not verbatim flashpoint from the comics but a version of that storyline 
we already introduced in Justice League, so assuming we're following that continuity, we already uh, established that Barry's father is in prison. Um, so we've got the motivation for him to want to go back and change things. If we're going to go back and change things, and if we're going to play with multiple timelines or multiverses or whatever you want to call it as, that's a perfect way to do it is, is maybe have Barry try to, to change something and then go to the future to see the repercussions. And maybe he goes too far and ends up in the 89 Batman verse or some, some version of that. And I would love to see like, again, more than just a cameo, but have him and Keaton Batman team up to try to fix things going forward. Because then you could sprinkle in all kinds of other random character cameos from other uh, um, Warner Brothers movies. You could, you could. I would love to see, and it'll never happen, but I'd love to see, um, oh, what's his name from um, Superman Returns? Um, oh, uh, Ralph. Brandon yeah, Ralph. Brandon Ralph. I'd love to see Brandon Ralph back as that Superman, which we kind of got him <clears throat> doing that in the, the Arrowverse uh, um, Crisis on Infinite Earths episode. He came back as, as Superman again. But I'd love to see, because again, he was a great actor who would have been great in that role, but the movie they gave him was shit. Uh, you could do all kinds of cool things with with him putting together a Justice League of of um, characters from other movies. Fuck it, bring Ryan Reynolds back as Green Lantern, give him a shot just for one movie. We're gonna re- retcon the whole thing afterwards. Um, but you could you could ha- you could really play that up and have fun with it. You could really go nuts with all that kind of stuff. Um, or or uh, uh, Dean Kane, bring him back as Superman. He's available, but yeah, you could have again. You could have lots of fun with with him picking up characters from other universes, trying to reset the timeline. And then at the end of the movie, you reset the whole thing anyway. So it didn't matter. But we got a fun little romp with these characters. And then you could also leave it to a point where if people really like Michael Keaton and Michael Keaton wants to come back, you could leave the door open for that version of the character to get another movie somewhere down the line in a different part of the multiverse. Because that's something that DC does, in my opinion, much better than Marvel. Just the whole idea of the multiverse and multiple versions of the same character. And I think that'd be a great way for them to set themselves apart for Marvel is to have all these cool multiverses. But I say bring yeah. back Linda Carter. God, that'd be awesome. Uh, the only way I'm going to be on board with the Dean Kane as Superman uh-huh. is, is if at some point in time, one other character in the movie looks at him and goes, Superman? And then Dean Cain says, believe it or not. Because didn't he do Ripley's Believe It or Not? Yeah, yep, he did. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, no, we yeah. got it, Chad. Yeah. Oh, it was just, <laughs> all right. My puns are falling short today, apparently. So. <laughs> no, no, they're, they're right on point as usual. Oh, they're just oh. not funny? Right, got it. All right. <laughs> Get it? Get it? We're giving you shit. Get it? Oh, 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 yeah. I get it now. Yeah, yeah. Keep them coming, Jay. You'll hit one sooner or later. I'll, I'll try. I'll do my best. Remember, like Michael Scott said, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Right. Right, right. Any other last thoughts on Michael Keaton as Batman or the Flash or the multiverse or anything we brought up? I think it's about my take on it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's the way I see it. Um. I'm also going to go ahead and state that I still don't think the Flash movie is ever going to happen. Uh, when we did our state of the DCEU, uh, was it me and you, Scott, who did that? Uh, I think so. I think I said while. the Flash movie is never going to happen. And again, 
jump on Wikipedia and look at the number of directors who have been attached and then jumped ship. Um, we might get some kind of flashpoint story out of it, but uh, whew, yeah. So there we go. It's our first topic. But while we're thinking about different timelines and uh, changing your perspective, we're going to segue that right into today's second topic, which is Commander Scott's topic. So I'll let him introduce it. I have a topic. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> no, uh, we were discussing what was the. Uh, oh, uh, the conjuring verse. Is what yeah, the used. conjuring verse. So believe it or not, up until this past week, uh, the movies, the conjuring. Dean Cain believes it or not. He, he believes <laughs> it or not. Uh, the Conjuring 2, the Annabelle movies, you know, all these movies that I had seen, I did not know they were connected. Did not yep. know they were in the same universe at all. Uh, and so I, I, I'm putting I, that up there, Scott. I'm putting that up there with the um, There Will Be Blood. There will be blood. <laughs> or Scott just doesn't get stuff. <laughs> or so Scott missed the memo somehow. <laughs> Because, yep, yep. yeah, the Conjuring universe is, is one of the most uh, successful cinematic universes outside of the MCU. Yeah, no idea. Hey, better um, like than never. And I've never seen any of them either, obviously. So I decided to uh, to procure these these movies and watch, you know, because I, I like things that are connected. And I, I like the I looked at the cast for the Conjuring. I'm like, I like this cast. So let's let's get into this. And uh, so I, I texted Obi John and asked him about it. and. Uh, um, you know, of course, a lot of people, it led us to the debate of if you are new coming into a franchise, franchise. of any, of anything, movies, books, comics, whatever, of things that are connected, do you watch them in, do you watch, read, consume them in as released order or in chronological order? Because and I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw a third one in there yeah. on top of release date, <clears throat> chronological. I'm also going to throw out fan cut order or fan cut order yes that that's that's a good one as well um but yeah so you know what, what what's your to what what is in your opinion the best way to come into something you've never seen before you're coming in cold and 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 you you know you want to or somebody comes to you and says hey you like these movies these books these you know uh whatever um what what should I do? How should I watch them? So what's what's your 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 take on this type of thing? Which which way do you recommend other people to to get up to speed, so to speak? Well, I'm just gonna jump in with probably what is considered the most famous. Well, at least I think is the most famous um, different viewing method of movies, and that would be the Star Wars machete cut. Mm-hmm. And and the reason I bring that up is because I've actually done it twice to two different people, okay, um, with different reactions from each. Okay. Uh, so if you're not familiar with the machete order, which I'm sure most people are, machete order is you start with A New Hope, and then you go to Empire Strikes Back, and then at the end of Empire Strikes Back, it's already a cliffhanger. So what you do is it's kind of a flashback um, to episodes one, two, and three. Now, there is a revised machete order that cuts out episode one, and your job as the person showing it is to basically point out any major things from episode one, which isn't many, um, to the viewer, and then in start episode two. 
But really, you can just start episode two without missing anything from episode one. I thought Machete uh, ordered cut episode one altogether. No, that's the so Machete order rearranges it, but the the uh, alternate Machete cuts out episode one. Okay. Um. So what how it works out then is you go through one, two, and three, or if you cut out one, you do two and three, and then finish with Return of the Jedi. Because then the big, like, Vader switching back to good makes a little more sense because you see that he wasn't all bad this whole time. Um, it preserves the the big twist in Empire of Luke, I am your father. Because if you start yeah. with one, two, and three, you already know they're going in. Right. So what, the, what happened is one person... Um, just kept saying that they wanted to go straight to Empire, straight to Return of the Jedi. Like, we were watching the prequels, and they're like, I just want to watch Return of the Jedi. I just want to see the last one. I just want to see the last one. Um, the other person actually appreciated the order and agreed with me that episode one was trash, even though we watched it, um, just because. But, um, it, it's a good way. And I, I asked them both if they, if that was the way, like they would introduce it to somebody. This is the um, way. <laughs> and, <laughs> this, yeah. All right. Anyway, so it, it, uh, it works if the person isn't like so hung up on the fact that they want to watch the last movie in the series. Yeah, first of all, that person's fucking weird that you want to jump directly to the last one and skip everything else. Uh, yeah. I think you missed the point. But to piggyback on Jason's story, uh, in college, the first time I had a friend who had never seen them, and she said, well, I want to watch these. And it was the first time we'd ever had the full prequels. Uh, one, two, and three were already out. So it was the first time I ever had the experience of, okay, well, let's start with episode one. And and run them through chronological order. Uh, and I profusely apologize, Messina, if you're listening. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Still so sorry. Uh, because by the time we finished episode one, she's like, how many more of these movies are there? Okay, do they get better? Because I don't care anymore. And I was like, yes, no, please, please keep watching. Um, d- d- it, it sapped any enthusiasm she had for it out. Um, so yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, and I... I I think the in general, you kind of have to take it one franchise at a time. Uh, I don't think there's one rule that works for every single franchise, but with Star Wars, yeah. especially, you've got to start with. Uh, I don't know, Scott, disagree with me, uh, but you've got to start with New Hope because that is the best introduction to the world of Star Wars, uh, and and that that gets you in the right mindset. It gives you enough um, world building and character work to keep you both in awe of the world as it keeps unveiling itself to you and, and grounded with a set of characters that you're following through this world. It's a great introduction. Uh, and the machete order, I say cut two and three altogether, uh, do four five, three in, uh, return of the Jedi. One and, and you're two. Good. Yeah. I say cut, cut one, one and two, two, not two and three. Yeah. You, what did I say? You, you, you said, three. you said two and three. You know, clearly only watch episode one. That's all you need. To <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Cut episode Bruh. one and two altogether, because <laughs> yeah. when three picks up, you you already get uh, Anakin and Obi Wan as as friends working together. You already get Anakin's in love with Padme. You skip all the horrible, horrible. We have no chemistry, romance stuff. Um, 
but again, to each their own. Uh, but I think that's definitely the best way to get a new person into it. Well, so I'm, I'm going to backtrack a bit because I don't okay. want to make this strictly just a, a, a Star Wars discussion. Right. Uh, yeah. But so generally speaking, and I, I wouldn't disagree with you about episode four, because generally speaking, uh, when it comes to bringing somebody into a new franchise, regardless of what that franchise is, I'm, I'm a very firm advocate of as released order. Because, you know, when it comes to books as written, when it comes to films as shot and released, um, because this is the way the original creators introduced characters, introduced storylines and stuff. Um, and in, in deference to your person, uh, Doc, that uh, was really adamant to see episode six, I completely understand where they're coming from, because those stories for episodes four, five, and six are set up and you, you go through episode four, then you go through episode five and, and you, and, and it leaves, leaves you on that cliffhanger and you just really want to know how it ends. So when you pull somebody out of that and say, okay, now we're going to backtrack to this whole other character set that you really don't know and don't really care about right now. Cause you just, you, you want to see the conclusion of the story. I've got you hooked on. Um, so I can understand that. And I actually, I did, I did re- read or was told by, I don't remember where somebody had said that they introduced somebody to the machete order and they didn't like the machete order because flashing back after episode five actually ruins the surprise of who Leia is. Uh, and, and I never yeah. thought of that before, but yeah, yeah. It, it does if they're actually paying attention. Um, but you know, I, I bring this up because one of my favorite book series is uh, uh, the Driss Duarte novels by R.A. Salvatore. Um, and the first trilogy of that was the Icewind Dale trilogy. And then after he finished that trilogy, you know, uh, everybody was, all the fans were clamoring for more books. And, and R.A. Salvatore really, really had, you know, planned for a lot of books, you know, much beyond that, I don't think at the time. But everybody loved the character of Driss Duarden, who in the original trilogy was just a, I won't say a minor character, but he wasn't the main character. Uh, and uh, But everybody loved this character and they latched onto it. So his next trilogy is is the Menzo Berenzen trilogy, where we flash back in time and we get Driss's history. Um, and, you know... I, I've known people who have read them in in really in 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 publication order where you get Icewind Dale first, and I knew people who uh, advocated to uh, somebody to read them in uh, chronological order, and they started trying to read them in chronological order, and they couldn't get through the first book because they didn't care. You know, the the first book was written for people who already cared about the character of Dress Dress Duarden. And so when he gave up on that, I said, look, read the first of the Icewind Dale trilogy and, and go at it that way. And he read through the Icewind Dale trilogy. And once he gets through with that, he's like, oh, OK, now I see. And then he went back and picked up Menzo Barons and, and he liked it because now he knows the character he's reading because he's read the way the author introduced them. So I'm a firm believer in, in as released order. Primarily, I will agree that different situations call for different things. You're completely right on that, specifically Star Trek, because if somebody's completely new to Star Trek and I've had this happen several times and they want to know where to jump in, I do not recommend the original series. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I agree with you, Scott. I think for the most part, the best way for a new person to come in is release order. Um, 
because in, in for the reasons you pointed out. So just to add better evidence to that. So if you're watching stuff in chronological order, that means if you've never seen Indiana Jones before, you start with Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom. Because well, it unless takes you're place... going with Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. But... Yeah, there you go. So that you're yeah. starting with the entire series of Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> Temple of Doom and then Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. And, and I think. And... Well, that first season of, I don't know if you've ever watched it or not, but that first season of um, Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, uh, he's he's a kid. He's like nine years yeah. old. And it's, it's boring. Yeah, it's boring. It's biographical <laughs> and it's boring. <laughs> yep. Uh, and I, I think we'd all agree the best way to introduce yourself to Indiana Jones is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and, and, and again, and you, you hit the nail on the head, Scott, with... Uh, reading things in chronological order that is the the way these ideas were were come up with uh where were uh, these characters were were fleshed out um uh, chronicles of narnia i would never recommend someone read them in chronological order start with line which in the wardrobe why because that's what cs lewis wrote to introduce people to this whole world of narnia and then he fleshed it out in other books and some of those chronologically take place before lion which in the wardrobe but i wouldn't start people with i think the first one is um was it a boy and his horse um, and to be honest i've only ever done lion the witch in the wardrobe i couldn't even name all the books for- <laughs> okay there's i think seven total in the in the the series but i would not start chronological and i i've got a really nice um barnes and noble leather bound collection of the entire um series but i am not gonna like i'm not gonna flip to page one and start with i think it's boy and his uh boy and his horse i'm gonna jump to lion witch in the wardrobe and i'm gonna read them in the order they were written in because <clears throat> while some may take place earlier and some may shed uh new light on uh events we've already seen it, so it so, alters things drastically if you if with some of these things if you start if you go chronological like so they, i wouldn't good sorry they, they they printed the omnibus in chronological order yes wow yeah that's weird usually when things get you know bundled into an omnibus they, they do it in publication order nope they did this in chronological wow okay yeah that, that amazes me yep uh that's how um, whitney has a um a box set from when she was a kid uh, that she won't part with because she loves it. And they're also uh, in this box set in chronological order. So Lion, Witch, <laughs> and Warrior was like the third book, I think. But yeah. All right. Um, there, There is one franchise, though, that I would say if you're going to get into it, it doesn't matter. Uh, if you, at least if you cut out the last or the most recent four i think and yeah. to me that would be james bond oh, okay. um you can uh, with with the exception of um blofeld being a bad guy in a few of the Spectre. movies um, several you, of them yeah you can you could pretty much jump into any of the james bonds that you wanted and not really miss anything because they're they all sort of happen in the same universe, but there's no, we, yeah, we forget activity. about, we forget about him a movie later. Yeah. Well, uh, now, so. now there, there is a multiverse crossover. We need, we need, you know, Roger Moore, uh, uh, Timothy, Dalton, John Connery. Uh, I think he's actually, you know, uh, completely retired, but if they could get him. Yeah. Sean Connery, uh, every surviving bond. I Pierce want Brosnan. a bond. Pierce Brosnan. I want a bond crossover. 
I, I, that's what I want. Well, hold, put a pin in that. Um, but Jason, you're right. For Bond, I would say more pick your actor or pick your yeah. decade. Um, or, like, um, I would say even like pick your sort of preference of weirdness. Yeah, pick your <laughs> decade because the, the 80s ones get weird. Um, yeah. The 60s all had like the, the 60s Bond uh, have a vibe to them. The 70s Bond have a vibe to them because they're chasing the trends of the times. So do you like 70s action movies? Do you like quirky 60s sort of sci-fi movies? Do you like 90s action movies? Because then you're going to go with my boy Brosnan. Uh, But I think that's more of like, what do you prefer? But yeah, you could jump in anywhere and and you're fine. Um, But that being said, I wouldn't say like, okay, so say, yeah, I like 90s action movies. I wouldn't suggest you start with Die Another Day. I'd say, no, go start with Golden GoldenEye. Like I, I would right. watch the actors' films in order, um, but I yeah. wouldn't because uh, there are some like when uh, when Lazenby takes over for his one movie. There's a reference to the other guy uh, meeting Connery. Yeah. Um, there's in um, um, I can't think of his name now. Uh, Roger Moore, his first one. They cap off the Blofeld storyline in the opening uh, um, pre-credit action sequence because they were done using that character. So, like, there's some bits and pieces that carry you over from one Bond to another, but for the most part, they're self-contained. Uh, yeah. But Scott, there yeah. is the long-held fan theory that James Bond is not a man; it's a code name, and that every actor who's been James Bond was Double O. That when you when you become Double yeah. O Seven, your new you name is Bond. James Bond. Yeah. Yeah. So somewhere there's a double O retirement home where they're all <laughs> sitting around playing poker together. See, That's, and that would be I, awesome. Sorry, sorry, playing backgammon together. But yes, see, and, and that would be awesome. Back if, if, if we if we open on that retirement home, and and there's an emergency or something, and you know the phone rings, you know, or something, you know, they bring them all out of retirement. It has that to be, be awesome. continuity be damned. It has to be Judy Dench walking in his M. I agree. I yep. agree. Yeah. She, she's the only one that could pull them all together. Um, as, as much as I, I, I hate to say it, uh, the, the one and only Q is gone now. Yes. Um, uh, in, in my opinion, I mean, I know they brought John Cleese in for a couple of movies. I think I was just gonna say, bring John. Yeah. When all the bonds get together and get their yes. gears, better be John Cleese. Give it to him. Yes. Uh, I would, I would prefer the original, but obviously that's not possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, but if you're gonna bring somebody in as Q, yeah, bring give, give us John Cleese because uh, uh, as as replacements go, he didn't do a bad job. Now I haven't seen all of the the newest ones, but but John Cleese even got replaced as Q, right? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and that's the reason I said, with the exception um, of the newest ones, is because the Daniel Craig ones actually tried to tie all of them together well daniel craig tied all of the daniel craig movies together yeah but, I but mean, they don't they necessarily actually, they don't they don't tie like they don't go back to connery shit no no that's but i mean like it's well they're connected more than i think other yeah. bond films casino royale through yeah yeah casino royale through specter all form one kind of kind of cohesive story um but even that falls apart um, Yeah. <laughs> the new Bond movies are kind of like Star Trek movies. Every other one is good. <laughs> uh, 
Casino Royale is great. Skip Quantum of Solace. Um, was what Skyfall is good. Uh, yeah, Spectre not so much. Uh, the the next one, which we'll talk to on our next topic, uh, looks good, but we'll see what happens. But, yeah, yeah, no, I'm good gonna... call, Jay. That's definitely a franchise that uh, doesn't give a shit about continuity. Nope. nope. <laughs> Even <laughs> from like, movie to movie, doesn't give a shit. It's like, here's more Bond. It's, yep. I mean, you could argue that's where the Bond franchise gets its longevity from, is they don't give a shit about continuity. Uh, we make another, we make a Bond movie every three to five years, and every three to five years, we just make a new movie with Bond in it. Yep. Maybe there's going to be gadgets. There lots better of be dying, gadgets. lots of gunfights. It's Bond. That's yeah. <laughs> that's what you get. Except for a few of them. Uh, they try to get all. Yeah. Nothing beats Pierce Brosnan driving a Russian tank through. Is it Saint Petersburg? Yes, it is, yep. sir. That yes, is. I love that scene. Okay, <laughs> random, random off topic. <laughs> Who was everyone's favorite Bond? Oh. Brosnan for me, and I'm not ashamed to admit Brosnan was my first Bond. First Bond movie I saw, start to finish, was Goldeneye. Oh, mine. Okay, Jay. Mine is a mine is a tie between Sean Connery and Pierce Brosnan because okay. Brosnan Brosnan is who I knew more as Bond as a kid, right? Growing up. But the first Bond movies I saw were thanks to my dad, um, were uh, Sean Connery as Bond. Uh-huh. Nice. So I, you know, he was a huge Bond fan. Like he never he was a clo- I guess he was a closet huge Bond fan because he didn't want people to know how much he actually <laughs> loved James Bond. But the first ones that I saw were like, was I want to say it was Doctor No. So wow. Yeah. So Sean Connery and Pierce Brosnan right. are tied for me. Scott, say yeah, Lazenby. Say Lazenby. I, <laughs> I really want to say Lazenby. Don't get me wrong. I do. I do. I he's so not do. a bad bond. He's not. He's not. He's not. He he gets. Uh, in fact, I always put him. Uh, and, and this is this may be bad, but I always put him above Timothy Dalton. Um, Oof. but uh, um. See, I'm in a I'm in a weird place when it comes to Bond because I I came up I grew up during the uh, the Roger Moore Timothy Dalton era, okay. But the first Bond that I ever saw was Goldfinger. Ooh, and I, and I love Goldfinger. Um, and uh, uh, so as far as who is my you know my Bond, I don't know. I, I would have to say probably, you know. Pierce Brosnan is the one that I've seen consistently the most of over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't get an itch to go back and watch Live and Let Die. You know, I don't, I really don't like Moonraker at all. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't watch On Her Majesty's Secret Service or anything. If I, if I'm in the mood to, if I have to be honest, and I and I'm in the mood for some Bond, I'll probably go. You know, with 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 Pierce Brosnan. Um, and, and I love Pierce Brosnan. Don't get me wrong. I love him. I, I loved Remington Steele and the fact that Remington Steele was basically just him auditioning for the role of Bond. 
threw a starring role in a television it, series. It stopped him from being Bond, actually. It stopped uh, him from being yeah. Bond, it did. Um, and, uh, but one thing I also love about Pierce Brosnan's era is, is he had some really great, you know, uh, other characters that were in his movies, like the, the CIA agent. Uh, I love him. The one that kept calling him Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, love that character. Um, the, the, the character that the, the, the Russian that was played by Hagrid. And I don't know the actual actor's name. I'm sorry. Uh, Valentine, Valentine, the V something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the whole, the whole, uh, you know, uh, uh, Walter PPK 7.65 millimeter line. <laughs> it's just a great line. Um, so I love all those, uh, just, you are shaken, but not stirred. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I would, if I'm being honest, Pierce is the one that I go to when I'm in the mood for bond, but I really like a lot of the other bonds too. So well, what I love about Pierce is, uh, an equality. I think you have to have for bond. And one that I think Craig gets pretty close to, and that I think Connor really started was the ability to flip between suave debonair where you're sipping cocktails at a fancy party and then on a dime stone cold killer and, and Brosnan, especially in um, tomorrow never dies when he comes in and finds um, Terry Hatcher murdered uh, spoiler. <laughs> he goes dark. I mean, it's only for a few minutes during that action scene, but like he can flip and he can go full yeah. on badass action star and then be Pierce Brosnan and charming as all hell. Uh, and, and that's, I think that's the great duality of, of Bond is being able to go back and forth between those two. Um, I think Connery definitely st- started that, but I think Brosnan really perfected it. Now, uh, Roger Moore is just goofy throughout. <laughs> Roger Moore is Roger Moore. I mean, yeah. Roger Moore only ever plays one character, and that's Roger Moore. <laughs> and that's the character Roger Moore plays, which is why I love him in uh, uh, the Cannonball Run or the Cannonball Run Two. I think it's in the second one, where he, he's in that one. I don't know if you've seen that or not, but yeah, you should you, have not. You should watch it just for Roger Moore in okay. that movie. Um, but side note on uh, uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. Uh, yeah. You, you know why Terry Hatcher took that role, right? Enlighten me. So Terry Hatcher took that role. She was married to uh, that, that football player at the time. I can't remember his name right now. You know, yeah, that guy. About? No. <laughs> anyway, she took it so that she could help her husband fulfill his lifelong dream of being married to a bond girl. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's All the right. reason she took that role. Good for her. Then they got divorced like, you know, 10 years later or some shit. I don't know. She's still a great Bond girl. She is. And she's a great Lois Lane, too. I love Terry Hatcher. She is a great Lois Lane. Terry Hatcher's just great in everything. Huh. Sorry, what were we talking about? Viewing order. <laughs> Viewing order, yes. <laughs> or consumption order. Uh, if, you know, it it wouldn't be taught nerdy to me if it didn't get off on a random tangent. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're all kind of in agreement for the most. You, you got to take it franchise by franchise. And I'm going to... so. To wrap this up, let me throw out a few franchises. And so we already talked about Star Wars. Um, what brought this whole thing up was the Conjuring universe. And Scott, uh, I think you and I are both agree do not go in uh, chronological order, do it in release order. And even then, there's a couple you can probably skip. I haven't gotten caught up yet. I'm, I'm only two movies in, three movies in. Okay. Something like that so far. So, yeah. 
Because uh, I know the uh, the in chronological, like you start with the nun or something, don't you? Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, so uh, definitely do release order because and, and with Conjuring, what happened is the Conjuring hit. Um, so then they took basically characters, creepy characters that were introduced in each movie, then got a spinoff movie. So Conjuring introduced Annabelle. Annabelle got a spinoff movie. Um, Conjuring 2 introduced a couple new characters, including the nun. They got spinoff movies. Um, Annabelle, the first one, didn't work so well. We tried it again. We ended up with Annabelle Creation. Um, nun from Conjuring 2. Like they, they, they spun off from that. And then um, the most recently released one was Annabelle Comes Home, which is not at all an Annabelle movie. Um, the the uh, the couple, the Warrens, who were like the the ghost hunters, uh, kind of, of of the franchise, have a room in their house where they keep all these um, cursed objects and haunted artifacts and things like that, locked up and contained. And in that movie, they all get loose. So that movie is basically just hey, uh, a bunch of things from this cursed object museum run amok. And it introduces like half a dozen new characters that I'm sure at some point are going to get their own spinoff movies. Yeah, it kind of, I haven't seen that. Uh, but that if you don't yet. see the movie that introduced the character, you, yeah, no, I'm not spoiling anything, yeah. but that's, that's yeah, the yeah. entire, well, no, yeah. no, I, I wasn't saying about spoilers. I'm just, I was going to say, I haven't got that far yet, so I can't, you know, personally attest, but it sounds like the, the premise of one of my favorite series of all time, Friday the 13th, the series. So, you know, not, not dissimilar. Um, <laughs> But uh, so you've you've by this point you've watched The Conjuring one right? I've watched The Conjuring and I've watched Annabelle. Okay, so you've seen the room in the Warrens' house where they keep Annabelle locked up, and in that room there's all kinds of other like trinkets. Yeah. All okay. yeah, that room is your uh, cinematic universe birthing place. Uh, yes. Everything in that room has got a story behind it. There's a case behind it. They're ready-made spinoffs. Yeah, um, and then the latest movie, Annabelle Comes Home, which again has little to do with Annabelle herself. It's more just a bunch of uh, the, the Warrens go off on a case, which I think is Conjuring 2 they go off for. Um, they leave their kid at home with a babysitter. Babysitter's friend comes over, starts playing with stuff, and lets the genie out of the bottle. And it, it introduces like half a dozen new characters that are ready-made spinoffs. Um, so I would not recommend um, Chronological Order because if you do that, you won't even meet the Warrens who were kind of like the Coulson of the universe until like the third or fourth movie in. So yeah. Um, yeah. I, and, and I have to say after watching the, the, the conjuring, which wasn't bad, it kind of reminded me a lot of the poultry of, of not the poltergeist, but poltergeist. Um, uh, you know, I go into Annabelle and of course the Warrens aren't really there mm-hmm. that because it, you, you get the one thing I really appreciated with Annabelle was that opening sequence which is the same opening sequence from the conjuring, yep. but from different camera angles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really loved that. I thought that was really good. Uh, They're very good at that. You'll see more of that. Um, and, but after that, the warrants aren't in it. And, and I'm like, I want more of the warrants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where, 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 where are the warrants? Uh, now, while I was watching these two movies though, I, I did do what I always do. And that is, I just, I, cause I've always, I, anytime I'm watching something, I don't care what it is. I've got my computer up in front of me and, and, and I go down rabbit holes all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I, I, I did, I researched and did the full history read of the real life warrants. 
and and their cases and the real life Annabelle and and everything and that was that was quite interesting. Um, if anybody's interested in the real life Warrens, um, stick with the movies. Yep, uh, just uh, <laughs> just FYI, the the movies are much the movie version is is much better. There's uh, a reason we take creative license, kids. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, so yeah, I'm looking so then, forward to getting to the country too because I want to see them come back. So um, the MCU release order or chronological order? Um, I'm most definitely uh, release order on that. Release order Easy. for sure. You guys don't want to start with Captain America and then jump to Captain Marvel? No, no. You don't think that would just seamlessly go together? No. Okay. okay. No. There's sorry. There, I was talking about this with um, another Scott that we know, John, not Commander Scott, but another Scott. Scott, cheating on me with other Scotts. Technically, Um, we're cheating on that Scott with you because we knew that Scott first. Okay, that Uh, I can handle. Okay, that's good. You are the speaking of this. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of which, surprise, he's actually here right now. Hey. So anyway, um, I, we were talking about it and I said that if you watch them in chronological order, the problem is that there are references to future and past movies that it's not going to make sense. Exactly. Yeah. And so you have to watch them in release order, um, regardless of what I think anybody else says. Plus all of them are in phases that lead into each other. Mm-hmm. And they all kind of cap off with an Avengers film. Yep. Um, and that's that's kind of a big deal. And like I I can tell you this firsthand that after I saw Iron Man, the next MCU movie I saw was the first Avengers. You're also the guy that started wow. the Alien franchise with Alien Three, so <laughs> maybe not the yeah. best example. Damn. Right, but what I'm saying is, I was I was hella confused. Yeah, I'll bet in Avengers, and I'm like, who's this guy? Who's that guy? What the hell is that blue cube? You didn't I even see Iron Man two. You went right from Iron Man to Avengers. Yeah, Shit, man. Yeah, hop in that yeah. clutch, don't you? I I went <laughs> off the rails. Okay. Um, another franchise I'm gonna throw out there: The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Oh, if you're definitely. my wife, watch The Hobbit and then Lord of the Rings. Well, I mean, for myself, you know, when it when it comes to uh, to to these, it depends on because I don't look. They're not the same story. They're not even continuations no. of the same story. That they they are two completely different stories. The only thing that connects them, well, the Hobbit movies do. They bring in a lot of stuff to 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 foreshadow. I guess you could call yeah. the, the and that Lord was of the Rings story. Part of the problem with the Hobbit movies is they kept trying to tie because the books, yeah, the book The Hobbit has nothing to do with the Lord of the Rings other than a few characters. But the movies, they because Lord of the Rings came first, and we're making the Hobbit trilogy after Lord of the Rings. Now we have to tie in all kinds of things to Lord of the Rings because that's what audiences know, even though they make no sense for the story of the Hobbit yeah. and don't belong there. Yeah. Now I am gonna I'm gonna tangent off of this real quick. This brings up something else that I just found out that I think okay. is really interesting. So apparently, uh, the actor Topher Grace, 
Yes. Has a, do you know what I'm going to talk about here? No. <laughs> okay. Topher Grace has a hobby that he okay. likes to do when he wants to de-stress. Okay. And okay. He, he just recently did a movie and I don't know what the movie is, but apparently it was a very stressful shoot. It was a very stressful character for him. And so in order to Spider-Man decompress. 3. No, 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 <laughs> hey no, 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 no. Hey now. Hey no. now. Watch your language on this show. <laughs> no, they, they haven't made a Spider-Man three. Um, so, but no. And, and so his hobby is he takes other movies and, and, and franchises and stuff and he recuts them. And apparently he has put together an 85 minute Hobbit cut. He took the entire trilogy of the Hobbit, all three movies and cut it to one 85 minute movie. Dang. Yeah, and, and he well, did this. With, he did this with another franchise that that I uh, that other people have seen, and they say it is really good. And I can't remember what it is right now off the top of my head, but I really want to try and find that the the eighty five minute Topher Grace cut for uh, Hobbit now. Interesting. Yeah, I thought it was. That might be a topic for a different show, but uh, no, that's definitely definitely interesting. Uh, but no, so yeah, the, this I was trying to think of. Um, franchises we could we could apply our release order chronological order or fan order Ooh. to so uh, this here's one that this is one that I I hate this series of movies I have never actually seen this series not all of them okay. I've seen several movies in it but okay. they're just they're money makers is what they are I think um, I know where you're going it would be um the vroom, fast vroom. And furious yeah. franchise yep. <laughs> yep. and that's that's one where it's like if you watch it in chronological order, you're gonna go like the Fast and the Furious, and then Too Fast, Too Furious. No, no I'm sorry, you're gonna have to do Fast and Furious, and then like Fast Five, and then Fast Six, and then like Tokyo Drift. I don't know. I lose <laughs> track of the titles. Um, but basically, Han dies in one of them. But he's in no, other no, that, ones. No, that, that's Star Wars Episode Seven. Yeah, sorry, that is dies. where Han dies. You're right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it, it, that's one that's like that would be interesting for somebody to go watch in chronological order and see uh, if it makes any I'm gonna sense. Throw, let me throw a grenade on that, Jay. Uh, as if it wasn't confusing enough in the trailer for the most recent. Fast and Furious movie, which I think we're up to number nine now. Nine, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Han's not dead anymore. What he he what? walks in at the last minute, uh, like the last frame of the uh, the latest trailer. He walks in and just says, "Hey, everybody." Oh, so yeah, so the <laughs> in the third movie we introduced a character named Han because we we tried to shift the franchise to drifting in Tokyo, Tokyo drifting. Yep, um, and Han dies. And then with the next movie, they brought back uh, the fourth movie. They brought back the entire original cast, and Han was included. Um, so the next like three, four, five, and six, Han was the character in those. I think it was three. Maybe it was just two. the next two or three movies, Han was the character. So people they've said, oh well, these all take place before Tokyo Drift, before he dies. So there was a in one of the movies there's a, a moment where he he's the the job is done and he's driving off um and someone asks him so are you going to go back home and he goes no I don't think I'm ready yet uh meaning hey are you going to go off to die so we can put the franchise back in order he's like no not yet uh 
that's not the only thing. So the whole Hobbs and Shaw spinoff, Hobbs, sorry, sorry, Shaw is the guy that killed Han. Yeah. But now we're all buddy buddy with him and he's he's getting a spinoff with The Rock. Like that franchise, no matter how you watch it, is batshit crazy and makes no goddamn sense. It, that's that's a franchise that's like, hey, we like continuity, but also fuck continuity. Yeah. <laughs> like uh continuity would be cool, but we're not gonna let it get in the way of this actor is popular. So no, because like the entire time it's like Dude, you were buddies with Han, and this is the guy who literally was introduced to the franchise as the guy that killed Han. And now we're teaming up, having buddy cop movies with him. And even that, not even just The Rock's character in whatever fucking Fast and Furious movie came right before Hobbs and Shaw, they all team up together. All the Hobbses and the Shaws and the the Toretto's all hanging. No matter, despite the fact that half these characters were all introduced as bad guys and then killed off, like Letty gets killed off in in four, and then they bring her back in six. It's like they don't. They're all over the map. And so you know what, you know what, John, I'm gonna go Commander Scott, Commander Cox, uh, uh, the Martian on <laughs> one one specific example of why I hate this franchise. Okay. Now I'm, I'm one of those people that when I watch a movie, if I'm suspending my disbelief, I'm suspending my disbelief. If I'm watching yeah. star Wars, I'm not saying to myself, yeah, this could happen. No, it's star <laughs> Wars. Okay. It's freaking star Wars. If I'm watching a movie where people are driving cars, I expect it to obey the laws of goddamn physics. Five cars cannot hold down an airplane a jet fricking airplane that is designed to haul cars by shooting it with a harpoon and a rope. It doesn't work that way. Are, this is want, physics people. Do you want to talk about the runway that never ends? The run. Yes. How long of a runway is that? Are they taking off from the landing minute strip sequence and, of a plane taking off and it never reaches the end of the runway? Oh, don't, don't even get me started on the convertible sports car on the top of a skyscraper <laughs> that they jump from skyscraper to skyscraper landing perfectly. And, and they can, then they, I think they put it in an elevator and hit the down button. Come on. Yeah. Obey. Not a scratch on them and the car is still. Well, here's your problem. Oh. The laws of physics as we know it do not exist in Fast and Furious. No. It's At least like, not past like the second movie. <laughs> what? Funny. Like when. When Toretto launches himself to save Letty from the tank driving down the freeway. <laughs> just there's so many things that like I've seen enough parts of these movies that I just think to myself, why are people paying money to go see this just shit show? Well, that, two things. One, as uh, the king of all B movies, Roger Corman said, a movie can be anything you want as long as it's not boring. And I'll give it this. Fast and Furious movies are not boring. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, There's a lot uh, of shit going on. Yeah. And I'm going to steal uh, Koran's uh, line is, is anytime you're watching a Fast and Furious movie, just remember, no matter how many submarine chases you get into or how many uh, flying G.I. Joe suit incursions onto a C-130 gunship you end up doing, just remember, this franchise started with people driving cars, hijacking trucks to steal DVD players. Yep. That's where we started. Yeah. And that's the only one I've ever seen. <laughs> well, hey, it's lucky. a great remake of Point Blank. Not uh, Point Blank. Point, point Break. Point, sorry. Point Break. I hate Point Break. Shut your mouth. God, I hate that movie. It's a great movie. The best part 
of Point Break was the fact that it gave us that awesome tie-in with uh, 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 Hot Fuzz. That's the only good part about Point no, Break. No, no, it gave us Gary fucking Busey and maybe his greatest role ever. Utah, give me two. Utah, give me two. Give me two. And it gave us the infinitely quotable Keanu Reeves. I am an I FBI, am FBI agent. agent. See, Jay, Jay knows exactly where I'm going. That movie is fantastic, Scott. And you shut your mouth. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? We, you know what, Scott? You and I—we're gonna have a movie night when I make Uh-oh. it down to Kentucky. Uh-oh. We're gonna watch Point Break, and we're gonna watch Last Action Hero, and it's and gonna then be we're all wonderful. watching the director's cut of Star Trek: The Motion Picture with Scott oh. Cox commentary. Oh God, do I have give ten and, hours? Give, give and take, Jay. Give and take. True. Quid all pro right. quo. All yeah, right. Quid, then we're quid gonna pro get quo, Clarice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we're gonna get Scott liquored up and put in the Martian. Yes. <laughs> Drunk Scott watching the Martian. With, I, don't, with, I don't know if the universe can handle that. With the mic on because that's with gonna be commentary. Uh, My wife has volunteered to tape Drunk Scott. <laughs> <laughs> we might need it. We might see Scott hook out. Uh, yeah. uh, well. All right. I think any any other uh continuity order tidbits anything else did everybody leave everything on the field i i think so okay uh that brings us <laughs> yeah that brings us to our final topic today um <clears throat> guys theaters actual movie theaters will be reopening soon uh i believe the amc here in town opens back up next weekend uh, most theaters across the country will be open by July 4th weekend. It's happening. There's restrictions on seating and in some places regarding you wear a mask. Um, but they were closed? What? Shut up, Scott. <laughs> but they are opening. And as some of you might be saying, well, cool, but what the hell are we going to watch? Well, that brings us to today's final topic. Theaters are reopening. Here's what you can watch and when you can watch it. And here's what we had to say about these. So we're just going to go chronologically what's opening when. Um, so first off, July 24th, Disney's long-awaited multiple postponement, uh, the latest in their live-action remake of an animated cartoon, Mulan, hit theaters July 24th. If, if it doesn't include a miniature dragon named Mushu, I don't want to go see it. It doesn't? And I'm fine with that. Oh, I, th- I think they're leaning very hard into the this is more of a Chinese action movie. Yeah. Uh, than I... it is a Disney princess movie. And I'm cool with that. Uh, uh, we'll... So, yeah. I, I'm just, I'm just going to throw this out there that I am boycotting live action Disney remakes of animated classics. So. Uh, I'm boycotting oh. ones that look like they're the exact same thing, uh, but in live action. Mulan looks to be a different take on the material. It's not a I musical. Could, there's no Mushu. Uh, so I'm going to give this one a shot. I could get behind that one. Um, like, I kind of got behind Jungle Book. Jungle Book was like, great. It wasn't like a shot-for-shot shot remake. Yeah, it was um, doing its own thing with the material. 
Yeah, but I've like I've avoided Aladdin and uh, Aladdin was boring. Beauty and the Beast was like, okay, you added a new song. What's the point? Um, yeah, now nah, I'm with you, man. So I, I, yeah, I just yeah, I am super hyped because they already announced they're remaking the Disney version of Hercules, and it's being produced by the Russo brothers, the guys who did Captain America: Winter Soldier. Captain America, Civil War, Infinity War, and Endgame are making the Hercules movie. Well, as long as they keep in, you know, the whole thing with with him going to see uh, the Oedipus Rex play and the line, (laughs) the line, I thought I had family problems. Check out that Oedipus guy. By God, that was an awesome line. Myself Myself and my buddy who went to see it with me were the only two who laughed out loud in theaters when, when that line was said. Uh, that movie should not work because it's not Hercules. It's Superman, but mm. it does. And I love it. It has so many disparate things like the gospel choir as the muses works beautifully. Freaking uh, James Woods is Hades. <clears throat> Shouldn't work, but it does anyway. Sorry. Got to sideline. <clears throat> Mulan, July 24th. Um, All right. Tenet. The newest movie from, um, um, wow, my mind is blank. Christopher Nolan, uh, <clears throat> something to do with time manipulation, but uh, comes out July thirty first. Wait, 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 hang on. There's a movie yeah. called Tenet that has to do with time manipulation. Not David Tenet. T E N E T. Same. It's a palindrome. Tenet. T E N E T. Same forward and backwards. So what you're saying is it's not a Doctor Who movie. About, it's not. It's not a, David Tennant. No. About, about with David Tennant as the Doctor. It is well, not. But then, then what the hell's the point? But but Scott, it's also not not a Doctor Who movie. Not a Doctor. Who. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> one I think we're all excited for. <clears throat> August fourteenth. Bill and Ted face the music. Yes. I really don't know what to think about this movie. I saw the trailer and and I've watched the trailer two or three times and I still don't have an opinion formed. Well, keep in mind that is the teaserist of teaser of teasers I've ever seen because it gives you two minutes of absolutely nothing. Yeah. (laughs) I'm watching it. I'm like, "Uh, okay. (laughs) But. It's Bill and Ted, so I'm there. It is, and I will watch it. Because Keanu has earned my trust as an audience member by now. I will watch Keanu do anything. I would watch I would watch an hour and a half. I'd watch 90 minutes of Keanu having lunch. I mean, yep. you know, it's just all there is to it. Jay? Yeah. Thoughts? I I'm down for an excellent adventure again. What about a bogus journey? Uh, maybe a little bit of both. Okay. Um, Death I've, is back. So yes, that's what yeah. I I was super excited about that because that's like that's probably my favorite part of Bogus Journey is oh, all yeah. of the games that they play against Death. Yeah. And he just keeps <laughs> losing. Best <laughs> of seven, damn straight. <laughs> but that's yeah, I'm. I will go see a Bill and Ted movie no matter what. Okay. So. Trucking right along. Um, 
man, this movie. I think we're at the fifth or sixth release date for The New Mutants. Yeah, Currently so, scheduled for August 28th, 2020. I still don't think it's going to happen. Was filmed, I believe, in 2016. Jesus. <laughs> um, will now be the last gasp of the Fox X-Men universe. Um, who doggy? Yeah, everyone really kept predicting this was just going to get dumped to Hulu. Um, but they just keep bouncing that release date back further and further. Um, one of my favorite uh, uh, YouTube channels, uh, Screen Junkies, um, had a ticking clock uh, of, of release calendars for when New Mutants is coming out. And to their credit, they've been doing it for like two years now. And the movie just keeps getting new release dates. So um, uh, I'll be interested to see it because it's supposed to be more of like a horror take on Mutants and X-Men. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. Definitely is not it, getting a sequel, so. Is it just me, or do, do you feel like it's going to look weird coming out in 2020, but being filmed so long ago? They were like, supposed to do a bunch of reshoots, and some of the actors have aged so much they just canceled it. Hey, you know, I think they're onto something here. Um, it may be a, a, a bit more, it may be a bit. I don't know how to say this eccentric to, to do it this way, but I think that uh, they have stumbled across the cheapest way to make period films is you just film them today <laughs> stick it on and, a shelf. and stick it on a shelf for 20 years, 30 years. And lo and behold, you got the most, the cheapest period film you could ever make. Uh, well, we'll find out August 28th. <laughs> Jeez. Um, All right. The next one, I am extremely excited for this. I cannot wait for this movie. The The first one surpassed all my expectations. A Quiet Place Part 2 hits in September 4th. Oh, yes. I, I, I definitely want to see that. You should, Scott, Scott. When you're done watching the Conjuring movie, Scott, watch A Quiet Place. It is fantastic. Uh, there's a trend really right good. now of comedians making the best horror movies movies and horror movie directors making great superhero movies so john krasinski uh aka jim from the office directed a quiet place and um 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 oh god key and peel whose name yeah, i can't jo- think of yeah, now peel. Jordan, Jordan, Jordan Michael Michael peel. Peel. Yeah. yeah made uh us and get out and there is a third one i can't think of right now this is what happens when I do my research, folks. And then James Wan, who directed a bunch of the Conjuring movies, made Aquaman. And then the guy who made Shazam made, I think, Insidious and something else. Uh, but yeah, there's this weird thing right now. If you started in horror movies, you're now jumping to superhero movies. And if you started as a comedian, you're now doing horror movies. But it's working. Mm-hmm. So keep it up. Uh, but it, sorry, Quiet Plays 2. Hits September 4th. I am pumped. It's uh, the first one was fantastic. And I'm excited to see the story carry. All right. Uh, Commander Commander Scott, this next one's for you. This is your hard, hard timetable. September 11th, The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It, hits theaters. So you got to be wrapped up by September 11th. So we can go through the third one together. I've I've got them all sitting, you know. I've got them all now, and they're they're sitting on queue. So, all right. Well, there's your hard date. 
uh, one I think me and the doc are both excited for a prequel to a surprisingly good action series. Uh, September 18th, we get The King's Man, the prequel. Yeah, the King's Man. yeah. yeah I'm looking forward to that one, too. Uh, I they, love Kingsman. Yeah. Uh, they put a new trailer out for it just this earlier this week, I believe. And it looks like everything you want from the Kingsman. I love that this is like a prequel in, in World War One, sort of how the organization got started. But they have not skimped on any of the crazy over the top action sequences. The humor is still there. Um, looks great. I can't wait. I, uh, I still do need yeah. to see the golden circle. Um, yeah. But was, I did love the first one a lot. Yeah, the first one was good. The second one, it's okay. It has some great moments in it. Um, But the whole thing they did with, with what's his name? Uh, I can't remember the actor's name now. Help me out. Pedro Pascal? No, no, no. Channing Tatum? Yeah, Channing Tatum. The whole thing they did with Channing Tatum. Just yeah, there's a bit of a bait and switch there, yeah. Yeah, it pissed me off. Yeah. Yeah, Golden Circle's not great, uh, but it's not terrible. And we are, uh, the, the plan was to do this movie, The King's Man, and then finish off with Kingsman 3. Um, so hopefully this movie does well and we carry on. Because I would like to see Taron Egerton come back and finish off the Kingsman movies. Um, but, Scott, another one you'll be excited for, September 25th, we get the, not a really a remake, but kind of a relaunch, Candyman. Huh. I don't know what to think of the 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 Candyman thing. Okay. Um, I don't know. I I watched. Yeah, you know, I've watched Candyman. Uh, it's okay. It, it it's not one of my more favorite horror movies, but uh, the the actor that's in it, uh, Tony Tony Todd, right? Yes. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a very you know decently prominent Trek actor. So that that's that's the main reason why <laughs> I actually watched him. Um. Uh, and, and it was decent, and I liked it. Um, but does Tony Todd does reprise his role, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I'll watch it. But this this whole new thing of uh, I, I don't know if you can call it a new thing yet or not because it's only been done twice. Because it's a it's a supposed to be a direct sequel to the first one, right? It appears to be yes. It's it's yeah. a continuation from the first film. It's not a complete hard reboot like the no. uh, Child's Play movie was, which I still haven't seen yet. But don't. Uh, I, I still got to see don't. it. But um, but yeah. So they're they're doing the same thing they did with Halloween, where they just you know ignore the other sequels and just do another sequel to the first one. If I understand it correctly, I have only ever seen the original Candyman, so I cannot say yes or no. But yeah, I don't know. All right, I'll watch it. Fair enough. Uh, and then the movie I have been waiting way freaking long—a movie that has taken way too long to come out because it's been done for over a year. We're finally getting Wonder Woman eighty-four on October second. I cannot wait. Now, uh, I think Wonder Woman is, was, and still is the best part of the DCEU, and I cannot wait to see the furthering adventures. Uh, I love everything about it. I love Pedro Pascal. 
I love Kristen Wiig as Cheetah. I love the 80s setting. I love we're bringing uh, Steve Trevor back, and I'm still not sure how, but I'm fine with that. I love that they're flipping the the aesthetic of he's the fish out of water now. I'm game. Now, this movie has already been released. I know this because I've seen the Dorito bags. <laughs> yeah, they all said <laughs> June, right? Exactly. Taunting me all summer in theaters now. Like, remember, John, you're supposed to be seeing this right now. Shut up, Doritos. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm mostly concerned with about the thing I'm concerned about. Wonder Woman '84 is that they're bringing back Chris Pine's character only to take him away again. And I'm fine with that because I think it's more about how are we going to bring him back and why than he's going to disappear again. We know he's going to disappear again. We already knew that. So it, it just kind of, to me, it makes his his sacrifice at the end of Woman Wonder Woman like like more trivial. Well, I, 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 I different. Good. I was just going to say that could be for it's a different topic for a different time. Well, I I'll just say I I don't think we're just flat out resurrecting him. Uh, I think he's going to be back in a different way than we think of for a very limited time for a very specific thing. But I, that's my theory. It, it's going to okay. be more of a we have a limited time where I get to have you back kind of thing, not a hey you're alive again. Oh, and I like I don't think we're going to pull that. Uh, the reason I say that is it, it's the same director and I believe the same writer as the first movie, and I don't think they would go back on their own story. Uh, but we'll see. I yeah, can't wait. I'm, I've been pumped for this uh, since that first shot of her in the golden armor. I'm just like, yeah, give me more of this. Give me more DC stuff that isn't Batman or, or, or well, no, just that isn't Batman. Because um, yeah. I'll take more <laughs> Superman right now, too. Uh, Henry Cavill, I know he wants to come back. Please let him come back. <laughs> give me anything DC that is not Batman's origin story. Yes. Or Batman at all. Just no fucking Batman. Just put a moratorium on Batman. Just stop. Unless it's enough. Michael Keaton. Okay, fine. <laughs> I will rescind my previous statement. Unless it's Michael Keaton, then do whatever because Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton gets a pass. Uh, but no, I uh, we've had nine Batman movies since '89. Now we've had one Wonder Woman. Now we're getting a second one. Cool. Go back and redo some other characters. That's a whole different topic. Sorry. I look forward to seeing that one in theaters. <clears throat> that, that'll be a good one. Hell yeah! October sixth. I know Grid will be excited for this. We get the first installment of our new Halloween trilogy, Halloween Kills, on October 16th. Now, just to be clear, because I'm not the <laughs> biggest authority on, on Halloween, it's, it's not my <laughs> franchise, but he's going to do more in this movie than just drive around creepily in a car, correct? Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny. Okay. Did you see the Halloween <laughs> 2018 I don't know. I have not. No, no. Okay. And all Go is, watch when, that, when watch it, that first. When it comes to Halloween. Okay. So real quick, I don't want to get okay. off on a major tangent real quick. So. <laughs> leave me alone. Later. <laughs> leave me alone. Uh, so when it, when it comes to Halloween, I, I've, I've only ever seen um, uh, Halloween three. Okay. Love that movie. Good movie. Um, Halloween H2O. Yeah. And I saw that one in theaters. And up until Sorry. up until this past year, when you showed it to me, I had never actually seen Halloween. <laughs> okay. So I've seen Halloween, 
Halloween 3, and H2O. That's it. <laughs> that's a weird order, Scott. You're going back to our original topic now. Uh, that, that's that's like jumping into the Alien franchise on <laughs> Alien 3. Yeah, you jumped into the, the first retcon sequel 20 years after the original. Well, I, I was I was with friends, and they wanted to go see it. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so you're fine, because all you need to see now is the original Halloween, and then the confusingly titled Halloween made in 2018. Uh, because those are the only two movies now in canon. Halloween Kills will follow those two. So this is technically Halloween 3. Okay. Everybody, everybody with me so far? No one's confused. So, so we have Halloween. <clears throat> yeah. Halloween. Parentheses 2. <clears throat> 2018. And then... <clears throat> Halloween Kills, which is Halloween two, three. John, you're you're making about as much sense as a Fast and Furious franchise right now. <laughs> it's two trick, two treat. <laughs> <laughs> two trick, two treat. I like that. Uh, then tricked out, two treat. Then no. <laughs> trick four. Then Jack Lantern, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then. Uh, and then Halloween Drift, yeah, yeah, uh, no, yeah. The the titles get all over the map, but uh, Halloween already has. I think we're up to four separate timelines in the Halloween series. But you're good, Scott. <clears throat> You've seen the original. Watch the 2018, and then you're primed. You're good to go. All right, cool. Uh, but Halloween kills October 16th, and then next year we'll get Halloween Ends, which is the last in this new trilogy. Because we all know that when a slasher genre makes a movie to be the final movie it's always the final movie that that's it they never they never make never make any more no. yeah freddy's dead the final nightmare that was it the last one jason went to hell jason we were goes, done jason there goes no to hell yeah yeah well yeah. that's jason goes to hell was after part four the final friday <laughs> yeah, yeah. Already. anyway uh, um november 6th finally guys we are i Endgame was amazing, but I know if you're like me, you're jonesing for some new Marvel shit. Black Widow finally hits theaters November 6th. And even though it's kind of an in-between quill, <clears throat> there have been lots of hints that this is going to somehow set up things to come in the MCU. But either way, we're getting some new MCU content. What do you guys think? An in-between quill. I, I like that coining of a phrase there. That's, <laughs> it's, that's, that's a good one. It's a new I'll, movie, but it's in-between two older movies. So there you go. I'll go see it, but uh, I feel like it would have had more of an impact had it come out prior to Endgame. I know a lot of people have said that, and I think my hope is that Marvel is aware of that, and I think we're not just getting something to recontextualize Black Widow going into Infinity War. I think this is going to somehow introduce plot aspects or something that we're going to see pay off in the the whole, what are we on? Phase four. Yeah. Um, that being said, my prediction, someone's going to be a scroll. Well, yeah. So I'm looking forward to it because, you know, first of all, I want more MCU. Um, you second, want David Harbour as Red Guardian? Uh, you know, I, I, it's a good casting, I think. Um, yeah. I, I can't mean, wait. You know, I think it'll be good. I, um I like I like we're getting more MCU. 
I want to see. I'm really hoping this movie finally addresses what the fuck happened in Budapest. Um, but uh, I had seen somewhere that they were planning on, or I heard somewhere that they were planning on uh, uh, doing something. Was it with Deadpool or something? Is supposed to have some tie into this? I don't know. Not to my knowledge. I don't know. But Taskmasters in this movie. Yes, I'm looking forward. That okay. is the big thing I'm looking for. This movie is Taskmaster. I yeah. want to see. Like, he's one of my favorite Marvel. I don't even like to call him a villain. Um, Characters. Yeah, he's a great character. Yeah, he's mostly you know relegated to antagonistic roles. Um, but I love Taskmaster. I love the concept and everything. Um, but uh, my biggest fear with this is they're going to try and shoehorn a lot of phase, whatever the hell we're going into now, phase four, phase five, whatever it is now. Uh, they're going to try and use this to set up so much stuff that it's going to overshadow a, a good story. I think they learned that lesson on Iron Man 2. We'll see. Uh, yeah. like, I'm just happy to get some new MCU shit finally, because Endgame uh, was a long time ago. I agree. <clears throat> and yeah, I know Spider-Man came out after that too, but <clears throat> Spider-Man yeah. was all about being a denouement to Endgame, but whatever. Yeah, well, and uh, <clears throat> you know, the only really good thing that came out of Spider-Man Far From Home was just a really good interpretation of uh, uh, Mysterio. Mysterio. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And in fact, if if you haven't watched it, if anybody out there has not watched it, I highly recommend that you go watch the How It Should Have Ended for uh, uh, <laughs> Far From Home. Yeah, because yeah. That was that was great. Uh, when he puts the he puts the glasses on in the bar, you know, to encode yep. them to uh, Beck or whatever his name is. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. You know, literally the 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 AI in the glasses just immediately identifies him, and it goes around the room and identifies everybody. These are all former Stark employees. <laughs> they were yep. all fired for various reasons. <laughs> and Peter goes, <laughs> "Wait a minute. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm going to take these back. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, moving on." <clears throat> We've got a few more to get through. November 20th. <clears throat> sorry. November 20th. Put on your best tux. Order your martini shaken, not stirred. It's finally time for new Bond. No time to die. Hits theaters on November 20th. What may be the final Daniel Craig Bond movie? Yeah, I thought the last one was okay. supposed to be the final Daniel Craig Bond movie. They keep paying him all morning to come back. No, can't blame the Man. guy. That's that's my thoughts on it. Man. I, okay. I agree. I'm full agreement on that. Bring back <laughs> Pierce Brosnan and Roger Moore. And <laughs> yes. Last be the... and... <laughs> sitting at a table playing backgammon in a retirement home. Hell yes. yeah. Yes. And all the Felix lighters too. <laughs> yes. Give it. Give us James Bond 007 retirement. That's what we want. Take, taking their heart pills, shaken, not stirred. <laughs> Uh, call us Eon Productions. We work cheap. Uh, moving on, we've got uh, what might be the first wholly new thing on this list. It isn't part of an existing franchise already. December 11th, we have Free Guy starring Ryan Reynolds as an NPC in a video game who decides he wants to be a player, not just an NPC. I think this looks fantastic. I have not seen anything for this. I've never even I heard of it. I have. I really wanted to see it when I saw a preview for it. I was like, this looks awesome. Yeah. And then coronavirus. Yep. <laughs> well, December 11th, you'll get your chance. 
yeah uh okay back to shit that already exists or stuff that's part of an existing franchise making a comeback following the fantastic uh my name is dolomite is my name if you haven't seen it go watch it right now eddie murphy's back making movies again and we're getting coming to america 2 on december 18th really him and arsenio hell yeah did not know that oh yeah i heard that it was being made but uh, it's I, haven't, I haven't seen anything on it. I, I didn't know it was actually this. I didn't know it had a release date yet. So yep, yep. We haven't gotten, haven't the, gotten trailer. the trailer yet. No, not that I'm aware of. No. Wonder uh, what the story's behind this one. Don't no, don't care. It's Arsenio Hall and Ernie or uh, Eddie Murphy coming back to America. Coming you got back me. to America. As long as uh, as long as we get James Earl Jones hey. somewhere playing Grandpa yeah. Grandpa Jaffa Jufur. Yeah. James Earl Jones. As long as Samuel L. Jackson comes back, I want Samuel L. Jackson cameo <laughs> for this movie. Yeah, um, uh, Eddie Murphy when he hosted SNL last year uh, was talking about he was he was you know pitching Dolomite is my name and he talked about you know we just we just shot uh, a sequel to Coming to America and if if you're wondering why it is I'm working <clears throat> or started working so much again it's I have ten kids. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, we so, also yeah. we also had better see the royal bathers again because <sighs> something tells me this isn't going to be a hard R, Scott. Well, I'm telling you. So back, I, I got a story from when I was a kid. I've got a I've got a childhood <laughs> Scott story real quick. I, I don't know how old we, we were. So close to being done. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> we're not done yet. <laughs> so. A friend of mine and I, we 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 went down. We rode our bikes down to the local video store, and uh, we 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 wanted to rent "Coming to America." And uh, of course, they wouldn't let us because we were underage. It was an R movie, but somehow, and I don't even remember how, we talked them into calling his dad and getting permission to rent this movie. Okay. And so we brought it back home and we sat down to watch this movie and we watched it. His dad was there with us. And we, so we started watching coming to America with his dad. And of course the first, you know, what, 15, 20 minutes of the movie or whatever it is, mm-hmm. is pretty much. Okay. We get to that bathing scene scene where the topless woman stands up. She's naked, but you know, mainly we're just looking at tits cause we're, we're nine or whatever the hell it is. And, uh, she says, the royal penis is clean, your majesty. And literally, his dad picks up the remote, hits stop, and goes, nope, we're done. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. It was good. It's okay, Scott. It was all awesome. downhill from there. <clears throat> it was all right. So, well, yeah, I never got past that part. <laughs> coming to America 2, December 18th. Will the royal bathers return? We'll find out. <clears throat> uh we get another crack at a science fiction classic that's already been made into a movie once. Uh, we were getting this this from Denny Vil... I would say his name wrong. Vilvenue. Uh, he did the criminally underrated fantastic Blade Runner 2049, which if you haven't seen, you were not a sci-fi fan. That movie's fantastic. Dune is getting a whole new adaptation. Interesting. Uh, I like... Gotten, go ahead, sir. I like Dune. I did not really care for the uh, the the '90s. Uh, uh, what was his name? William Hurt. was it? William Hurt remake. Oh, the Sci-Fi Channel one. Yeah, the yeah. Sci-Fi Channel one. Yeah, I didn't care for that one. But yeah. you give me Patrick Stewart and stuff. Yeah, 
I'll watch that all day long. Dune's been done kind of bad in uh, previous adaptations. And again, not necessarily terrible, but not quite up to, to fan expectations. Denny Villeneuve, if I'm saying his name right, Travis will correct me if I'm not. Uh, fantastic visual director. Um, he also did, uh, oh God, what was that called? The uh, The Arrival. Uh, no, not The Arrival. The one that had oh shit, Amy Adams and... Whatever. Denny Villeneuve, look him up. He's a great director. <laughs> Red Runner was awesome. I'm looking forward to Dune. He's got a very cool visual style. We haven't gotten a trailer yet, but there was an, uh, an article that I think Empire, they had a bunch of stills from it. It looks fantastic. So there we go. <laughs> Same day, December 18th, we get Steven Spielberg's return to the silver screen in the movie we've all been waiting for Steven Spielberg to direct a version of West Side Story. Uh, huh? huh? Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. Steven, yeah. I've always wanted to direct a musical. Spielberg oh, is finally God. directing a musical. Okay. Uh, huh. Yeah. Cool. Okay. There you go. All right. Well, I mean, Steven Spielberg, good for him, I guess, if he wants to, he can. Is that was that is that the last one though? No, I saved the I'd save the best oh, okay. for last, sir. Don't you I worry. Was say... Don't you worry. Just in time. Don't end on that. No, That's, just ugh. just in time oh, all right. to buzz the tower for your there holiday season. <clears throat> December twenty third, Top Gun Maverick. Yes, um, I'm. I'm pretty sure. Probably opening weekend, uh, my wife and I will be in the seats in, in the seats for Top Gun Maverick. Uh, I... Yeah, uh, it's a foregone conclusion. Yep. Um, I'm really curious about this movie. I'm stoked for this movie because I want to see, because according to what I see in the previews, uh, we're to understand that Maverick, you know, Pete Mitchell is, uh, a mid fifties, uh, aged fighter pilot who is somehow still making his qualifications and is qualified to follow fly. I guess every naval jet in existence and an Air Force jet very reminiscent of the SR-71 Blackbird. I don't understand how he's able to cross-train this much. Maverick can fly anything, okay? (laughs) Get over it, Scott. He's better than H.M. Murdoch. If it can fly, he can pilot it. (laughs) Uh, I have one very major question that I want answered about Top Gun Maverick. That's yes. probably gonna, and this is probably why I'm gonna go see it. I want to know if this Top Gun movie will be an action movie. We're not getting on that topic today because we're already <laughs> two hours. <laughs> we're all excited for Top Gun Maverick, and we'll all be there <laughs> leaving our families on Christmas morning to go watch it. Nice. <laughs> uh, so that well, being said. If if you don't mind, I've got yeah. I've got two addendums real okay. quick to, to this topic. Oh jeez, sorry, okay. sorry. Okay. I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Because when I was researching this topic of movies, you know, coming out once theaters reopen and stuff, I hit across something that's getting released on July 7th. Did I miss one? No, 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 okay. no. This is not anything major. This this uh, uh, drew me to the synopsis of this based on the poster alone. I just saw the poster. It's called Elvis from Outer Space. <laughs> I love this poster. I may buy a copy of this poster. But 
the plot summary of this Elvis from Outer Space, and this I'm quoting, is a psychedelic rant about a gambling Elvis impersonator and his troubles with the Vegas Mafia, featuring a hapless crew of broken down Elvis impersonators who find themselves in a competition with an Elvis who's so good, everyone starts to wonder. Could it really be true that the CIA and aliens from Alpha Centauri have brought Elvis back to Vegas? The plot summary itself is it's I liked it better when it was called 3,000 Miles to Graceland. I don't care. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I want to see What's your next yeah. addendum, Scott? Sorry. The next addendum, I, I came across this when I was researching today, and I wanted to bring this up because I think this is an interesting little story. Uh, once, uh, yeah, there it goes. Okay. So apparently. There's been some some weird things that have happened with the with the box office and and everything because of the whole COVID thing and everything's been shut down. But I came across this story and it's via Patch. So the the story came out in let's see, June 18th to give you so a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Patch reported on the number one film in the nation last week. I don't know if anybody heard of this. It's a tiny short film called Unsubscribed. And I love this story. Its creator, Christian Nilsson, had taken a note of the other box office shenanigans and sensed an honored opportunity. Quote, last month, Nilsson said he and YouTuber Eric Tabosh were chatting about how movie theaters across the country were closed due to the pandemic. We joked any film put in a theater would instantly top the box office. Realizing the unique situation presented a loophole, we hatched a plan, he said. They wrote a movie called Unsubscribed and shot it over Zoom. They then rented a local theater and screened the movie, a practice called four-walling. When you four-wall a movie, you pay the theater up front for its space. Then you get to keep the proceeds from all ticket sales. So buying every ticket themselves, they recouped the money they fronted for the scheme. Uh, as Nielsen put it, if we bought every seat, the money would just funnel right back into our own pockets. When they put their idea into motion, it worked. Box Office Mojo listed them as the top film in the United States for that week. So uh, for, for, for one week, the top film in the nation was a movie written and shot over Zoom. I thought that was funny as shit. Nice. I like. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Thank you for sharing, Commander Scott. <laughs> Thank you, listeners, for sticking with us this long because this episode got nuts, uh, just <laughs> like our favorite Batman, Michael Keaton, does. So, thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, putting up with us. Let us know what order do you like to watch your movies in. Um. Let us know what movies you're excited about for coming out in theaters this summer. Uh, whatever else we talked Ooh. about. Who's your favorite Bond? Yeah. What yeah. You got? Who's your, your favorite Bond? Yep. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> um, let us know. Uh, keep the conversation going. Thank you for her sticking with us. Thank you for being a friend. Guys, put this puppy to bed. Bye.